Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellum podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. That song, Reckless Love, always wrecks me. The lines in it, there's no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up, but here's what always knocks me out. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down coming after me. If it doesn't wreck you the idea that God would leave the rest of what's going on, leave the 99 and come and try to find you, leave business as usual, trust sheep, which according to all cultural tropes should not be trusted, should not leave them unattended. But in doing so, not rushed, not, well, if I can find this person, it'll be good, but there would be shadows and light and mountains and climbing. There would be work, there would be walls and kicking, there would be lies that God would tear down. And as I began to imagine that and trying to cut and paste various portions of words that I felt the Holy Spirit had dropped in my heart as we explore the character of Lydia today, the question emerged as that song was going, where would God find me? Where has God found me? Where would God find you? No, I'm for real. Like, where would God find you? Because I can tell you some of the places that God has found me. I wasn't necessarily even doing anything wrong. It wasn't necessarily that it was in a bad place. It was just like, oh, God, you're here too? (laughs) That understanding of this theological truths that many of our traditions, even within Christianity, help us understand that if we believe that God is omnipresent, Where would God find you? Not where you would find God, because the question to where you would find God is every freaking where. (laughs) But where would God find you? In our call to worship for this season, there's the line, may we learn from the stories of our ancestors. So we've been doing character studies, and we find ourselves... Exploring the character of a woman named Lydia. We find Lydia, if you know of her, if you've ever studied her and the idea of church planters and the idea that she was a patron of the new church that was being established, though she was a Jewish woman, and Jewish women were not allowed necessarily all the time in places where questions of new theology and new church ideas were being tossed around. So how is it that Lydia was a church planter? Where did God find Lydia as God was looking to do something new in the earth? God had already sent Jesus to us and we had done the things to Jesus that we did as humans in this earth. And Paul was roaming around. 
And Lydia had a conversion. God found this Jewish woman going about her daily life. And we find in Acts 16, starting at verse 11, from trials, we put out to sea and sailed straight from Samothrace. And the next day we went to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. So here we have commerce and government. The very places that had found a case to build against Jesus to crucify him. We find Lydia in Philippi. Paul, apparently, according to some historians, finds Lydia in Philippi after staying there for a few days. And then in verse 13, on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those women listening from the city of Theatia named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. For those of you who have studied colors, we have a lot of artists. That means Lydia was deeply entwined in what was empire, what was the ruling government. Purple is ruling and royalty. She's deeply embedded in the fabric of Rome. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to the message of Paul. When she shared the members, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us, that's Paul, some of us know that Paul was usually traveling with two or three other converts and disciples. It would not have been Timothy who we just learned about because remember Timothy is in another part of the country. When she and the members of her household were baptized, meaning they had confessed that even as Jews, that they believed in Jesus as the Messiah. She invited them, Paul and his companions, into her home and said, if you consider me a believer of the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. Now, Paul was known to find himself in places that would land him in jail. People that would betray him and were just trying to get the secrets of this new subversive movement. And so she, and so Paul adds, or the writer of Acts adds in their notes, and she persuaded us. <laughs> I need y'all to understand the question, where would God find you? Lydia lived and worked in Philippi. She lived and worked amongst some of the strongest political and economic strongholds that tried to mash out the message of Jesus. The same sets of folks that yelled, is this your king? <laughs> and yet somehow, even though 
She could not be in those places and confess Jesus. And as a Jewish woman, her culture would not necessarily have had her believe in that particular Messiah story. Somehow, despite the fact that the intersections of all the places she belonged and was successful, God found Lydia. And as we heard in those voices, opened her heart and she confessed that she believed. But she did not keep it there. She then invited those that had shared the message with her into community and assured their safety. So where would God find you to assure the safety of his story? There's two songs that compete in my being as I hear that song usually. One of them, if you've ever heard me fawn over various arrangements of this song, is a part of one of them, and it's the hymn that says, What a friend we have in Jesus, right? But there's also this one that I remember from my youth church days when they didn't give us chairs (laughs) because we wouldn't sit in them anyway. We'd lean back or something that was equally dangerous or risque for the adults. And so we'd jump around screaming rather than singing, I am a friend of God. Does anybody remember that one? I am a friend of God. And that's what we see in this story, in the stories that include tidbits of Lydia Lydia woven in and out. This question of, are you a friend of God? So you remember I said Paul had a tendency and his cronies had a tendency of ending themselves up in jail. (laughs) And so there was this idea of, can I talk to you about God? Can I talk to you about this particular story of this Jesus that was with us, that some of you did not believe until he was gone from us, was the Messiah? Can I talk to you about my friend? Because see, there's a place in our idyllic first moments of conversion where Jesus is in our heart, and as the song Communion we just sang suggests, there is no space between us. Do any of you remember that moment? That moment when you realized that Jesus was in your heart, that God was ever present with you? Those moments for some of us as we deconstructed and reconstructed a faith that carries us along this journey? For Lydia, can you imagine a Jewish woman who had been known, known in her community as a worshiper of God, which meant she was not just a Jewish woman, she was like the epitome of Jewish women. She was like, if there were Instagram, like she was the influencer, she had all the followers, like this was who you were supposed to be like. And then she changes her story. She literally 
changes, her story, but she has to do so in a way that keeps not only herself safe, but all the women that are typically with her sewing and getting water and feeding their families safe. See, she's not just a, a weaver of purple cloth, she is a seller of purple cloth, which means she's got other sellers in other markets and other weavers all throughout Philippi, depending on her not getting kicked out of the community. She knows God is with her, but how are you a friend of God in that situation? All of us have had those situations where like we love someone, but we like cannot tell people that like, whether it was when you were a teenager and you were dating someone that your parents didn't approve of, or whether at work you kind of encourage this person in the hallway, but in board meetings when they're getting called out, you can't really say anything because you're at work too. The idea that the space between that first moment when we realize God will find us, that moment when Lydia's heart is opened and she and the members of her household are baptized, she invites Paul in. And now she's got to figure out once Paul leaves, because that's what Paul does. How do I still meet these women by the river and not get us kicked out of community? How do I still employ my cloth makers and my weavers so that I can pay them because people want to buy our cloth? Can you imagine that deconstruction and reconstruction? But let's just be honest. How long do you think Lydia was just winging it? I'm gonna show up at the river and hopefully the ladies still come. Hopefully the ladies still think it's safe. I'm gonna show up at market and hopefully they still buy our cloth. Hopefully they haven't blacklisted me. Has your friendship with God ever been tested in that way? God, I believe this thing about you, but believing this thing about you puts me at odds with fill in the blank, with someone that I love. With the space that I have to be in. That line in communion, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I don't have to prove a thing. Hmm. Do you realize you don't have to prove your friendship with God? You don't have to prove that you're a better friend than your sister, your dad. Do you realize that you don't have to prove your friendships to each other? That in a season of transition, you can just show up at the river, at the watering hole, at the gathering. 
and not know how it's going to go today that Brenda's going to do a very creative service. Do we know what a good friend of God is? Not the best friend, not the friend that gets it all right. But the friend that's always there when God comes to find you. Do you realize that? That that's the idea of a good friend that Lydia helps us understand? That it's not the friend of God that does everything out right, but it's the friend that says, God, when you've kicked down the walls and torn down the lies, that God, when you find me with you is where I would want to be. Where do you want to be? Do you want to solidify your place in Philippi, in its markets and its rivers? Or do you want to be wherever it is that God will find you being? Where do you want to be? Because that's where God wants to find you. What is your heart's desire? Lydia helps us explore that by realizing that a good friend of God is not the best perfect person we can be, but the person that responds to God's presence. Where do you want to be? That's where God will come and find you, I promise. So we started the first sermonette with the question, where would God find you? If you hadn't noticed, there's a theme about rivers. Partially because of our character focus on Lydia, but also partially because if you didn't notice towards the end of that video of where God finds us, literally. (laughs) The last photos were of the Trinity River. The shadow and the river that we cross over and drive over and bike over and hike over to find ourselves praying together, singing together, laying things down together. And though Lydia is mentioned specifically by name in those verses in Acts that I read for us earlier, a relevant set of scriptures where Lydia is referenced and you will know it and be unable to see it once you know it, be unable to not see it once you know it, is in the place where many of us who had memory verses and wrote down scripture 
often go to be encouraged when we wonder if there is really a mountain that God will climb or a wall that God will kick down or a lie that God will tear down to come find us. When the lies and the mountains and the walls seem all too much, many of us go to Philippians chapter four. And we usually go to the very encouraging parts. So we skip over the first couple of verses that read this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love, this is who most folks understand as Paul or one of the Pauline disciples of Christ, a leader writing to churches, you whom I love and long for my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Something's going on, they need encouraging. I plead with Eudea and I plead with Stenot to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. See, because of Lydia's position in Philippi as not only a fabric worker, but an employer, of folks who worked with fabric, which then meant as you picked cotton and threads, as you wove and washed them, as you wove them into fabrics and washed them, as you then sewn them, as they were then sewn into clothing and at all these intervals taken to the market to be sold, right? Remember that was Lydia's role. The reason why the safest place that Paul found Lydia for them to talk about God, the role of Jesus, why she should deconstruct and then reconstruct her identity as a worshiper of God, as a Jewish woman, and then how Lydia then became known as a patron, not just a worshiper of God, not just a believer in Jesus Christ, but a patron that funded the network of churches at Philippi. Timothy, who we learned about in the past few weeks, could not have been the first known bishop if there had not been a network of churches that needed a bishop. And as we all just coming out of our time of tithes and offering and most of us working or being associated with nonprofits or with churches for most of our lives, know that if there is no margin, meaning there is no money, there is no mission. Lydia was not just a worshiper of God. Lydia was not just a believer in Jesus Christ at a time where the church was being established and that could have gotten her killed and gotten Paul thrown in jail again. Lydia was a patron of the church. We are sitting in life in deep Ellum today as a community called The Gathering because of Lydia. And so when there was strife and discord, when Paul is trying to encourage the churches in Philippi, he references the women that are praying over them, that are praying as they wash the fabrics that compose their clothes that they wear to work every day, that are singing songs at the river as they convene and prepare the fabrics and the threads that will be sold 
in the markets. There was no separation of this new identity in Lydia's life. When we were trying to figure out not only how the church was funded, but how did so many Jewish households get word that there was a different set of stories to believe? It was the songs and the prayers of the women that found themselves at the river because of Lydia. The first words that Lydia spoke to Paul were not come and stay with me. Before he would ever feel safe to stay with her, before they could ever have a conversation about how she would fund his next trip out of the city of Philippi, before he introduced her to his network of disciples, that would then, from time to time, get him money outside of Philippi to get bailed out of jail. <laughs> when he would find a safe place to rest his head, or some of his disciples would find a safe place to rest their head, do you think all of the safe places had extra bread to feed him? They'd done their grocery shopping for the week, <laughs> gotten and measured out their grain, by the time Paul would show up in the middle of the night, probably dashing from one city where he was almost thrown in jail. <laughs> if we follow this story, this woman whose name is really only mentioned once, how can we be inspired by someone's name who's only mentioned once? How can we as a people who were led by whole bright stars according to our Advent story through the sky to give gifts of gold and value and frankincense and myrrh to the baby that we believed would be the Messiah? How can we as a people who tell a story of how even people who disdained our savior yelled his name and even though they might've been mocking him, the earth still trembled when they called him the son of man and the king of kings. How do we as a people, as a community, whose entire faith is built on stories where names are said that cause earth and hell and heaven to shudder how are we inspired by the character of Lydia? It's simple, actually. When God found Lydia in that moment, in that day, She didn't wait for something else to happen. She didn't figure out how to change her job. She didn't wonder what people would think. She didn't say, I have to get a whole new set of friends because I believe in Jesus now. 
She didn't say, I have to go to a whole new set of places because I believe in Jesus now. She didn't say, even though I heard this man turned over a table in a temple because of money changers, that I can no longer go to the market now. She didn't say that the very thing that my livelihood, my business, and everyone else in this village's livelihood and business is built upon purple cloth, which represents for most of them Roman Empire, that I had to lay aside the politics that I once held or that my customers hold. Lydia didn't say, how do I need to be different? <laughs> Lydia went to the river like she did all the time. <laughs> she paid the people that she had paid all the time. She sold the cloth that she had sold all the time. this time because God was in her heart and she believed in Jesus. The fruits of her labor were then given to the church. She went to the river like she always did and she sang about Jesus. <laughs> she didn't find a new river. She didn't find new friends. It wasn't new money. It wasn't a new job. She did not turn her entire life upside down and have an existential crisis because she believed something different than she did the day before. So how can a woman whose name is never mentioned again and who in our character studies will only get one Sunday inspire us? If you have coffee with me, I can tell you all the ways she's inspired me. But I can't answer that question for you. I'd love to hear your answer. I'm in mocha most days of the week. And I really would like to know how the character of Lydia inspires you.